بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد قال الإمام البخاري رحمه الله باب الرفق إمام البخاري in this book الأدب المفرد he says chapter about الرفق chapter about gentleness and softness عن عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها زوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قالت دخل رهط من اليهود على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم Our mother, the mother of the believers عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها She said that a group of Jewish people came to the Rasul عليه الصلاة والسلام فقالوا السام عليكم And then this group of people from the Jews they said to the Messenger عليه الصلاة والسلام Death be upon you. Death be upon you. قالت عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها ففهمتها فقلت عليكم السام واللعنة عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها She said I understood this. I understood what they meant. I understood what they meant by this expression. May sam be upon you. Literally may poison be upon you. Meaning may death be upon you. I understood this. So then I said in response, Upon you may be death and la'na. Upon you may be death and curse. يعني may the curse and death be upon you. قالت فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مهلا يا عائشة الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام he said easy أو عائشة take it easy أو عائشة إن الله يحب الرفقة في الأمر كله indeed Allah he loves gentleness in all matters فقلت يا رسول الله أولم تسمع ما قالوا عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها she said oh messenger of Allah did you not hear what they said did you not hear the thing that they said when they said death be upon you قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قد قلت وعليكم our messenger عليه الصلاة والسلام said I had already said and upon you Meaning I had already said in response to them when they said may death be upon you, O Muhammad. Then I had already said to them, وَعَلَيْكُمْ and upon you. So Sheikh Zayd ibn Hadi al-Madkhali rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions uh, some fawaid, some points of benefit concerning this. We'll summarize it to, to six. Number one. دَلَّ هَذَا الْحَدِيثَ عَلَى فَضْلِ الرِّفْقِ وبيان أنه من مكارم الأخلاق ومن أسباب النجاح في الدعوة إلى الله This from the things that this hadith indicates is that rifq is something that is virtuous being gentle, being soft is something that is virtuous and it's from noble characteristics and it's from the means and the avenues that make da'wah successful they will make your da'wah successful when you make da'wah to somebody, when you preach to somebody, when you invite someone to the deen, when you want to enjoin the good and forbid the evil, 
then if you use this as a general rule of thumb, to be gentle, to be soft, to be gentle and soft, you're going to find that your da'wah is going to be successful. On an occasion, in the city center of Leeds, when we were giving uh, da'wah in the Leeds city center, there was a man in his mid-fifties that approached the stall. And this man, being an ex-army man, uh, and he was also an ex-EDL member, he approached one of the brothers, and he starts to engage in a debate with the brother. And now he starts to get angry. He starts to get angry as well. He's engaging in this debate. First, this man's wife came, and he was standing back just watching. Then after that, he himself came, and now with one of the brothers, he started to engage in a discussion. But he starts to raise his voice, and it starts to look like it's getting heated. But the brother, he was being soft and gentle with him, observing manners with him. But this man, raising his voice. This continued, continued for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes, up until a big crowd ended up gathering. People from the public in the Leeds city centre, they ended up gathering around this discussion that is taking place, to such an extent that three, three policemen had to come and supervise this. That's how big it got. One, super, one policeman over there, one in front and one there on the side, supervising what is happening. This went on for an hour. With who? With a person that showed some hostility. With a person, an ex-EDL member. Need I say more? But after one hour's worth of discussion with this person, this man ended up shaking the brother's hand. He ended up taking some literature. He ended up saying, you changed the way that I was looking at things. And he said, keep up this good, this good work. So these are the effects that are produced as a result of this rift. That brother, he could have, if he wanted, he could have said to him, listen, you just go about your business. You're, I don't have any time for you. He could have been harsh with him if he wanted to. But he saw that this person, there's some potential. There is some potential and therefore the brother was soft with him. And in those situations, when you know that the person that is coming to me, or the person that I'm giving da'wah to, or the person that I am uh, enjoining the good and forbidding the evil with, this person that I'm having a discussion with, it's clear that he is obstinate, he is arrogant. There's no way that we can get anywhere with this. In those circumstances, you should not continue discussing with that person. If it's the case that you have a family member, you're trying to give da'wah to a family member who is upon something of deviation. But you find that he's just being obstinate. There is no point that this, يعني, there is no point behind advising him because he's being obstinate. He's just arguing for the sake of argument. In that situation, as Imam Al-Ajuri said, you should not, it is not allowed for you to continue discussing with that person. Why? Because he is sinning and you are aiding him in that regard. He is sinning in speaking against the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it's clear to you that there's no benefit behind this, it's clear to you that he's obstinate, and you're aiding him in that regard, if you continue, if you continue in that, 
in that discussion. But when it's the case that you see there is benefit, perhaps this person, yes, he seems angry right now, but there's a potential for me to perhaps influence him. In those situations, a person should continue observing this rifq, observing this gentleness. Second benefit that Sheikh Zaidi mentions. كما دل الحديث على ذم العنف والشدة لما يترتب عليه عليهما من الضر من الضرر وتفويت وتفويت المصالح الدينية والدنيوية. This hadith likewise, just as it highlights to us the virtue of being gentle, it likewise highlights to us that we shouldn't be, and that it is dispraised to be rough, to be harsh, to be tough. To be stern, because as a result of that undue harshness and sternness, then harm is going to be brought about. And potential benefits, potential benefits, worldly benefits and dini benefits will be lost as a result of you being harsh in that situation. Except that there are maybe on certain occasions, in certain situations, when need and when need arises, and when the need be, in certain specific situations, harshness is applied. In certain specific situations, with certain specific people, harshness can be applied. But the need is measured as and per when it is required. We don't find that the Messenger of Allah والسلام, was harsh and stern with his companions. But then we do find in certain instances, on certain occasions, he would be harsh with them. With certain people, he would be stern with them. But these are in exceptional certain cases. For example, when, those, when the companions, when some of the companions, they didn't go in the battle expedition with him. And the Messenger of Allah والسلام, he didn't speak to these companions. He didn't accept their excuses. Up until ayat were revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he had forgiven these companions. So in specific situations, Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu would use harshness. But the general rule of them is to be kind and to be soft and to be gentle. Likewise, the third point that Shaykh Zaid he mentions briefly is the virtue of enjoining, enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, as long as it is the case that the person, he has, يعني, he has knowledge and understanding of the good and the evil that he's in trying to enjoin or forbid. Fourth point, وفي الحديث جواز أن يرد على فاعل السيئة بمثلها لا بأكثر. Likewise, this narration indicates that it's permitted to repel the one that does evil with an equivalent evil. As a, as a messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, he said to these, to these people, وَعَلَيْكُمْ And upon you as well. They said to him, death be upon you. He said, and upon you. Even though in reality, what they said was worse than what the messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, himself said. As Allah has said, وَجَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ سَيِّئَةٌ مِثْلُهَا the recompense and the requital of an evil is an evil that is similar to it. وَقَدْ يَكُونَ الْعَفُوَ أَفْضَلُ Sheikh Zaid, he says, and at times, forgiving is better. 
Forgiving is better, as Allah has said. وَلَمَنْ صَبَرَ وَغَفَرَ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمِنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ Indeed, the one who يعني, uh, uh, is patient, is patient and forgives, then indeed that is something that comes from great resolve, great willpower. Someone does wrong to you, and then you are patient, you don't become... Uh, you don't become a reactionary. You are patient, and you forget, and you forgive. That is from azmil umur. That is from having a strong, strong willpower. But likewise, Sheikh Zaidi says, وَقَدْ يَكُونَ الْإِنْتِصَارِ أَفْضَلُ. But then, likewise, in certain situations, intisar is better. In certain situ- certain situations, uh, يعني, revenge. And being triumphant over the one that is doing wrong is better. As Allah has says, as Allah has said, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَهُمُ الْبَغْيُ هُمْ يَنْتَصِرُونَ Those, yani those believers, when they are afflicted with transgression, they يَنْتَصِرُونَ They, yani, become triumphant. They become triumphant and victorious against the one that does harm to them. And yani, in the tafsir of this ayah, some of the Mufassirun that they have mentioned, this is in relation to the one that is Musir. He's continual in doing harm to you. Or he's continual in his evil. He's continual in his fisk. He's continual in his evil. Perhaps if we don't stop him, he's still going to continue. For example, if it was the case that I, I, uh, I harmed this brother here. I harmed him. And he, said, and he says, you know what, I, I forgive him. But then I do it again. And I do it in front of everybody else, for example. Everybody's going to look at me and I'm harming this person. Maybe somebody else will feel, you know what? Maybe I, should, I can harm him as well. It will, be a, uh, يعني, it will be a fitna for others perhaps in harming him. So the brother forgave me. He's forgiven me for harming him, whether it was physically or verbally. I harmed him, he forgave me. But then I continued in doing so. Perhaps greater harm is going to be produced. So as a result of that, he puts me in my place. He puts me in my place and he, يعني, he puts me in my place and he gets revenge for the, for the harm that I'm doing to him. In those type of situations, perhaps getting that revenge and getting that requital and يعني, putting someone in their place is something that is afdal. For that reason, we find that the Messenger of Allah والسلام, once they had moved to Al Medina and once they had established themselves in Medina, then when it was the case, that they, يعني, the disbelievers from the Kuffar of Quraysh, became hostile towards them, and they defended themselves, and they attacked them as a result of the hostility that the disbelievers of Quraysh had initiated uh, before. Fifth point. وَفِي الْحَدِيثِ بَيَانٌ بَيَانُ كَيْفَ يُرَدُّ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ إِذَا, إذا سَلَّمُوا In this narration, is a clarification of to as to how to respond to the people of the book if they uh, give salam, if they if they greet you, and يعني, in this particular situation, this is in reference to when they greet you with evil. So if they greet you with evil, then you respond to them with similar wa alaykum and upon you as well, you as well. However, يعني, in relation to when the disbelievers they greet you. They greet you and they say, for example, they might say, Assalamu alaikum. Your neighbor might say, Oh, how are you doing? Assalamu alaikum. Not a Muslim, but they say it as we all know. In that situation, Imam Ibn al Qayyim 
and the ulama in general, the majority of the ulama, they say that a person is to respond to them with, يعني, with wa alaykum as-salam. If, if it is the case that somebody from the non-Muslims, they greet you, say assalamu alaykum, then the ulama, Ibn al-Qayyim says, the majority of the ulama, they say that it is in fact wajib. It's wajib upon you to respond to that non-Muslim disbeliever with wa alaykum as-salam. It's wajib upon you. Why? Because of the... Uh, because of the ayah, وَإِذَا حُيِّيتُمْ بِتَحِيَّةٍ فَحَيُّوا بِأَحْسَنْ مِنْهَا أَوْ رُدُّوهَا If it is the case that you are greeted with a greeting, then greet them with a better greeting, or at least uh, or at least respond to them. And respond with an equivalent greeting. And this is general. This is general. It's not specifically mentioned. If the believers greet you, but if you are greeted, inclusive of that, is anybody greeting you? Whether Muslim or non-Muslim. Sixth and final benefit. وَفِيهِ أَيْضًا وُجُوبْ تَعْوِيدَ اللِّسَانَ عَلَىٰ أَحْسِنِ الْكَلَامِ وَأَطْيَبِهِ This hadith, likewise, it uh, يعني, highlights to us that we should accustom our tongue, train our tongue and accustom our tongue in speaking in the best way and the most pleasant way. And a person shouldn't accustom his tongue with speaking in an evil manner, and thus, as a result of that, you end up regretting. You say something evil, and then after that, you think, Why did I say that? That was an evil statement, and so on and so forth. As Allah has said, يَقُولُ الَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ Say to my slaves that they should say that which is best. إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ يَنْزَغُ بَيْنَهُمْ Indeed the devil, he wants to plant the seeds of discord between you. إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ كَانَ لِلْإِنسَانِ عَدُوًا مُبِينًا Indeed shaytan, he is... For the human being, a manifest enemy. So we'll conclude with those benefits. And then inshaAllah ta'ala, tomorrow night, if Allah gives us life, we'll continue with Imam al-Bukhari, Zaladab al-Mufrad. Hada wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa sallillahu ma'ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.